can't start bloody recording again. Oh, no, there we go. Is that okay? Can you hear me? Yeah. The Standing Orders Podcast. Okay. So welcome to this fifth edition of the Standing Orders Podcast with me, Dr. Thomas Foreman, and my co-host, Councillor Sue Lorne. Good evening, Councillor. Good evening, Thomas. How are you this fine evening? I'm very well, just waiting for the traffic noise to go past me. I'm very well, Councillor, and how are you? Lovely, thank you very much. Yes, uh, back to full fitness. A little bit poorly last week, but uh, it's all gone, thank goodness, and we're all back to normal. Yeah, I have to say, listening through it, you sounded more snotty than usual. <laughs> <laughs> you have such a lovely way with words, don't you? Don't I just. And talking no. of you having a way with words as well, Councillor, this week I believe you have chosen the topic, and so I should really rename this edition of the podcast uh, the Sue Lawn Orders rather than the Standing Orders, um, because yeah. this is kind of your domain, which is community events. Yes, it is. It's community events and how um, by doing these community events, it uh, obviously brings the community together and uh, works for the benefit of everybody, for the council, the community. And, um, you know, it's it's a really good thing to do. You know, all the time that I was uh, that I started with the council, you were the chair of the events and media committee. And so you were what we would call the member lead on the event, be you and I doing things. And I like to think that uh, that your approach to events and to the partners we worked with was such that the members had to promote you to town mayor to get you away from it. <laughs> yes, they did. And I, I walked away from it and just left the officers do it. And, um, and trust me, they're doing a really good job, much better than... Um, we as councillors did um, previously. But no, back in 2007, when I first joined the, the council, and um, I think I told you I was probably the youngest member on the on the team yeah, at the only, time. Only, you know, a few dozen times you've mentioned you were the youngest <laughs> councillor. I was so young. Time. I was so young. And um, so I think I was given the task of um, working out uh, or organising some events. And um, so this was, I think, October time when we, we set up an events committee after the elections in, in May. And I thought, um, OK, what can we do? And I'm crazy about Christmas. And I'm sure that you'll quite happily confirm you don't that. Need to, uh, you don't need to add about Christmas, Councillor. <laughs> I'm crazy about Christmas. So um, so it was October, September, October time that we, we had our first meeting. And I thought, OK, let's focus on Christmas. Let's try and find something that uh, we can pull the community together on. And it was thought, OK, let's have a community carol singing. And we have, um, for those who don't know Thorpe and Andrew, we have a beautiful area that is called our River Green. Obviously, the river runs alongside a piece of green. And um, I thought, right, OK, let's put a Christmas tree down on the River Green, put the Christmas tree down. Let's put some lights. So we had some street lamps and we put the lights going across the, the street lamps and advertised this community carol singing. And, you know, it was just simply a Christmas tree and a string of lights. And we advertised it and probably had 800 people, seven, 800 people turn up on the evening and everybody was just so happy 
just to be out as a community. We closed the, the main road off and, um, and switched this string of lights on and, uh, and did some carol singing. Everybody loved it. So then the next year, we then went a little bit further. We got a sponsor to um, one of the hotels to sponsor us for um, next year so that we could add a few more lights to the tree and a few more lights to, to go with the one string of lights that we had. And the next year, we probably got about a thousand people. Uh, but each I year, I remember um, since I've been with the council, we have planted a tree and it was one of the trees which was partnered with uh, one of the lovely big cone-shaped trees going to one of the royal parks. And so we went down, we selected the tree and we now have one that is planted. But when I first started, we had ones that were cut and then we put them in the socket in the ground. Well, yeah, but what we used to do, we used to ask residents if they had, if any residents had a, a huge Christmas tree that they wanted to get rid of. We would then ask the officers to go and cut it. But then when you came along, Thomas, we'd taken all the Christmas trees out of all the gardens in Thorpe that anybody wanted to get rid of. So it was then down to you to find a Christmas tree. So do you want to tell the story about when you went looking for a Christmas tree? Well, I, I did agree to meet you just outside uh, just outside Thorpe, about 10 minutes outside Thorpe. And I remember getting a phone call from you after you'd taken your mum for a trip out to come and see this Christmas tree. And you'd rung me from about 40 minutes away because you'd gotten lost and ended up on the North Norfolk coast. <laughs> that wasn't the part. That wasn't the part that I was expecting you to tell. But yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Eventually, when you made your way back, um, we stopped off and we'd done a sponsorship deal with uh, a company that had large Christmas trees that were growing. And when I say large, I'm talking probably about three stories high of, uh, of Christmas tree. And so we signed the agreement. We said that we would uh, promote their sponsorship, etc. And they said, OK, now you can come and pick your Christmas tree. And so over we traipsed, me in my shirt and tie looking adequately dressed for the event. And you leading on with this chap, sweet talking him for the next 10 years worth of Christmas trees. And then just as I tried to make my way up the bank, I slipped over and went flat on my face in the middle of this field. <laughs> and I think that was the first time that, uh, that I, I was actually selecting a Christmas tree. <laughs> and it was the last. <laughs> All credibility I had to know what I was talking about with Christmas trees completely went. And I think we selected one that was probably four times too big for the truck that we'd, uh, we'd bought along. And uh, and that ended up getting tied up and uh, some branches got broken. And by the time <laughs> we got it back, it, it did look entirely different to how it looked to when it, it was standing in the middle of the And it was literally, we'd lost the top of it because it was too tall <laughs> for, the, for the truck. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it was you had to be there for everybody that's listening, thinking that we're absolutely crazy. You really had to be there. It was just the funniest thing. The tree then gets to the River Green. And this was literally just a few days before we were going to switch the lights on, minus the top of the tree. And um it was <laughs> but we did it. <laughs> Nobody knew there wasn't meant to be a top on the tree. We stuck no. a star on or something and, and it worked. But so, yeah, so I, and then from then on, I think you went and purchased the tree that we've got now. And so and that as, will be. As it grows, but I, I will say each year we uh, we have a sponsor come and uh, net the Christmas tree. So it always looks beautiful. Yes. But each year they also put this domestic angel on top. 
which each year looks more and more decrepit as time goes on. But it was the first one when I first started that was put on there. And for some reason, the sponsor, every time they get the person to come and do this, the same angel appears. And no matter what we say about can we put something you up, the same angel always ends up at the top. And she is looking a little bit bare now. I think maybe as my time as a town mayor will be coming to an end not long after Christmas, I think that uh, maybe I can donate a Christmas an angel that will uh, be more appropriate for that tree. But yes, so we we actually purchased the tree. And so, um, so basically, councillor, you've got an old angel that you're now looking to get rid of, and you're going to palm it off on the town. Is, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think I might just have one in the attic somewhere. <laughs> so uh, no, I'm going. I I might. Just, well, let's just see. So um, so going back to the subject in hand, it was so as as the years have gone on, we've gone from probably 500 to 5,000 at least people attending our Christmas light switch on now, and uh, and it's Hello. it's a. Can I just interrupt you, though, and say, for the purposes of the temporary events notice, it is 500 people, and it's not 501. It's certainly nowhere near 5,000. No, of course not. It's, uh, okay, minor detail, but no, there's not that kind of people. But they, um, and they, they're not all there at the same time, are they? So that's what's important. Uh, so anyway, you will need, if you're going to do an event, you will need a temporary events notice uh, license. So, um, so over the time, we've the the meet the the event has turned into the most amazing event that you could you could ever imagine. And children have grown up with it. We've been doing it for, um, oh gosh, 2007. Where are we? Fifteen odd years, isn't it? Years. And uh, so children have grown up with it. And unfortunately, with COVID, we had to um, we had to stop uh, the first year of COVID. We, we didn't have a light switch on. The second year we had a form of a light switch on, but it wasn't anything like we would normally do. And then the this year we're back to normal. So it, we're, we're back into the swing of things again. Father Christmas comes up the river on a boat and then goes along the street till he gets to his Santa's Grotto in, in our parish church. And it's a wonderful time for little ones. And it is mostly focusing for little ones. I we have a Christmas market. I think it's one of those things where you look back at the Christmas events that we've done and you realise just how surreal some of them are. I mean, there aren't many times that you've seen Santa arrive by police boat and be escorted by American footballers to a grotto, which yeah. is the ruin of an old church where yeah. children sit and get Haribo. There aren't many events that you look at and you think, blimey, there are kids riding reindeer, there are donkeys sitting there, there are American footballers pushing people away so Santa can make his way through, and he's been brought here by the police by river. Exactly. All of which then becomes a local tradition that Santa now always arrives by river as opposed to... By, by sleigh or, or by vehicle, he is always coming waterbound. So yes. if you're in any community without a river, you're going to be out of luck. No, you're not going to be out of luck because before we did it, you, you literally, he just has to walk down the street. <laughs> we had a hotel that uh, very kindly gave Father Christmas um, the space to arrive. And then he would um, he would just walk down the street and the children were just so excited to see him 
Um, I'm trying to think of the stretch of road that we use to put this event on. It's what, I don't know how many metres is it, Thomas? I don't know. It's about 230 metres of uh, of road. No, probably closer in total to about 300 metres of road. But it's just the side of a normal carriageway, really. Yeah. Like so, a normal road. And, and in in that, in that section, we managed to put little rides for children, like the little teacups and well, little swings. Well, you say swings. little rides for children. I remember one year, the Eliminator being in front of a block of flats, which outraged the residents no end, to the point that I think we got about 10 phone calls, and all we could hear in the background was the Eliminator and people screaming their lungs out as people were ringing to complain. Yeah, but that's when we realised that we would get too commercialised, so we, we, we took it back to basics. But, um, yeah, so, you know, it, it's... it's for anybody who uh, we might encourage to have a community event at Christmas time, it is you. It's just the simplest of things that you you provide that brings the community together, that um, makes everybody. It just forms the cockles of everybody's hearts, really. Doesn't if you're it? all out together and um, and you're you know you're doing something as a community, people feel involved. And it just gives people the chance to, to you know, to catch up and meet others who, who live locally. And if you can cr- close your street off as well, and it doesn't cost a fortune to do that, um, as long as you don't have any major um, events happening around you, like we're quite close to Norwich City, so to the Norwich City football ground. So we have to focus our light switch on uh, whenever Norwich City are playing away. And um, we are then given permission to close the section of the road that we want to to use for the for the light switch on. But it is um, it is something really special. And with the, with the town council, we've we started with the Christmas light switch on. We then moved to St George's Day, feeling that it was you know the Irish have St Patrick's Day and the Scottish have St Andrews and Burns Night. And um, the Welsh have St David's Day and English, we have St George's Day, but not many people have any celebrations for that. So as a town council, we thought we've done a success with Christmas. We'll move to um, doing a spring fair uh, for St George's Day. So St George's Day is the 21st of April. And um, and we've um, we've done these events where we've been in such heat waves. And we've done them whenever it's been snowing and freezing cold. But no matter what the weather, we always get a really good turnout for anything that we do because people just love having community events. They do. And and I do remember memorably, I think it started with members doing the bar and then it moved on to getting a bar in. And then I think there were a few revamps of the event as time went on. And uh, I, I remember the, the reenactment that we had of uh, St. George's Day, which was the only time St. John's have ever been needed as first aid cover, which is when they, they were hitting each other with these swords so hard that they actually caused lacerations and we had to give them first aid just because they wanted to be so realistic for the community. Yeah, that was a bit scary. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking... <laughs> Gosh, we're going to end up making the papers for all the wrong reasons. But luckily, we um, everything was was okay. But uh, we didn't do that again. 
Um, and again, is you know, you, you over the years, you you try these things out and you see what works and what doesn't work. And again, you know, in the beginning for St George's Day, we used to bring all the the local amateur dramatic groups along, the gymnastics groups from the town. Mostly, there's always some kind of group organisation that wants to be involved. And, and, and I remember to... the the Morris dancers as well. Yes. And, and... I always remember Morris dancers because my grandfather used to say to me, I don't care if you turn into a drug dealer, just don't be a Morris dancer. (laughs) (laughs) If only he could have seen you. Um, But this, and you know, but it is, again, is, is trying to do something like St. George's Day, which is being typically English and, um, and Morris dancers were typically English, weren't they? So, so we did St. George's Day. Then we would try to do the summer phase, but the summer phase never really worked for us. You know, um, I think until... it's because of the location. You know, I remember my first one that I did with the council and you had it on one of the parks. But it, it is, I would say, the windiest area in Norfolk yes. because there are the trees that cover the park are much lower level. And so the hill comes up and the park is basically at the top of this hill. And so you get all the wind come straight across the treetops onto it. And I remember sitting there and looking across at the big event coming. And then this kind of mini tornado came down and whipped around this old lady and sent her straight to the floor. (laughs) And she just literally got blown over. (laughs) I forgot all about that. That really did happen, didn't it? And we had to get St John's again to that event just to make sure she was okay. Because this little tornado dropped down on her. And then I thought, you know what, this is why the summer events don't work here, because it's just so windy across there. So that's when we moved across to the other park, which is beautifully sheltered. And so far, we've had no mini tornadoes come and knock any of the residents over. Yeah, so we were lucky enough that we were able to then turn that into... And then we had, had, do you remember the donut stall? where she had tied her donut fryer to her marquee. And we said, do not tie anything to the marquees because it's so windy. And yet she decided, I will rope my donut fryer to my marquee. And then the wind caught it and the donut fryer, full of hot fat, then started going as well. And you just look and you think, you know, I'm so glad we check everyone's insurance policies before they turn up. And this is it because she had, the, it was a, a massive fat fryer, wasn't it? And it was full to the brim with this <laughs> boiling hot fat. And you just, oh, God, you know, whenever you whenever you think of some of the near misses that we had, don't let that put you off organising an event. You just learn by your mistakes. Can, can I and, just say, do let that put you off. Your, <laughs> <laughs> don't. It's, it's, but we've had more good points than we've ever had bad points but when we we've have. had the bad points they've been bad but um yeah so so then so the summer events never really worked for us again because all the schools around here do summer events and um and then it just seems that once the schools break up for the summer holidays Thorpe just empties and um, people are either on holiday or they're out at the beach or somewhere that is much better than attending a summer fete here in Thorpe St Andrew. So the summer events, we we only do those on special occasions now. And, and we did for the Jubilee, the Queen's Jubilee. We had the most amazing event, which was we did one for her. Golden. Golden. 
Diamond Diamond and and then the the platinum. Yes, and but the the previous one, it was again that was something that we we did ten years earlier. We did it as um, as councillors. You went on the scene at the time, so uh, we had to organise that ourselves, and it was. Um, it was it was fun. It was again we had a we had a beer tent and we hadn't expected anywhere near the amount of people to come that did. Luckily we had a co-op just down the road. And um and I don't know if it's legally you're allowed to do this or not, but we just kept popping down to the co-op, buying all the beer that they had, and then coming back on ourselves to um to, to sell yeah, it. And yeah, then yeah, I, I'm not sure you want to go into any more detail. No, no. So, but it was, um, you know, it was, and then we had fireworks at the end of it. And again, it was, and we've, we've done some setups when it's been absolutely pouring down with rain, but mostly touch wood. Whenever we do, um, do our events, we are blessed with really good weather. And as we were for this, for the, the Jubilee this time, it was, again, it was the officers who took it over this time. And, um, and again, they, organized the most amazing event it was luckily we 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 pulled in the thought players the the amateur dramatics group that we have here in thorpe and they put on the show for us and they put on a most amazing show we have um a wonderful group of people who worked really really hard to to give all of our residents a day that they will never forget yeah. it I, was I will say you know the thing that community events does for me, and I will say the the Jubilee event was a really special The Jubilee event was a really special event for a number of reasons, you know, because it was the Queen's Jubilee was obviously one. But I think it always goes to show when officers and members work together, just how much can be achieved. Mm-hmm. And I think all the community events do that. But we had a relatively new team in Thorpe and I was really proud to be kind of leading that team during the the Jubilee because you know Rachel and Debbie who I know are avid listeners to this uh, they did amazing work in pulling it off and I always think it's important to to really push on how good people are because actually I always say you know their success is the community's success and they really did the community proud. And between them and Jason and the Parks and Estates team, generally James, Eddie, Martin, and the councillors, you know, who who went and stood for hours and hours and hours doing, you know, tireless work, like yeah. yourself, councillor, you know, the, the the deputy mayor, and and you know, just all the councillors really turned out to do it. And I think it's a really nice show of what we can do when we all come together for community events. And this is it. It is it is teamwork, and you know, and again, as you said, with with Rachel, Debbie, Jason, and the boys, it's. I don't think they're not. Can, can you say the boys now? Can you say the boys? Do you not need to to name them separately to be properly politically correct? Can you say the boys? Eddie, James, and Martin. Perfect. So they know who I mean and they know that I don't feel I'm not being disrespectful to them but they all worked fantastically well together and um, I was just going to say that with Rachel, Rachel had experience with community events I'm not sure that Debbie did but those two, those three, those five, six, they could go out and organise any you know, any major event that um, a community needed 
and and the the satisfaction that they must have felt at the end of that. I was so proud to be part of it, and it, I felt so proud for them that. And then there's always Thomas. There's always you as well. But um, I'm, I'm glad but, the mouthing of uh, what about me <laughs> has come through successfully. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you you don't expect me to sit and praise you up every five minutes. But I just, you know, it's 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 just become the norm for everything that you you're doing, that it all just falls into place anyway. And you've you've had years of experience uh, with us doing bits and pieces. So whenever the girls then put it all in together and it all comes off, it it was an and the fireworks that we had. We um, we changed our supplier for fireworks for the Jubilee, and um, he was the, the the display that was put on to music, and it was all uh, songs, typical British English songs uh, that um, the um, that was being played. You know, Jerusalem. Um, I can't think of the other ones, but it was. There, there were people everywhere screaming you're saying british english songs when there's wales scotland and northern ireland and you being irish councillor you should be the first one to say british and english you're entirely different and moving on <laughs> <laughs> last night of the proms but no it was um it, it was it was amazing and um, it was it, it was just and I was I thought you were going to say it was so emotional that um, it was there, there was so many people in tears thinking, you know, this was we were we were creating history. You know, it was we were living through history because that's nothing that's that's never going to happen again. We're never going to have, you know, that and celebration. Can I um, just say that you were very nearly a part of history, councillor? Um, when you climbed up to get to the beacon to light it, and all the uh, all the material that was up there that had been there overnight that it rained upon, but then we put you know a nice dose of uh, a very safe barbecue lighting gel in there, and to see your face have to climb up there with a uh, with a flamethrower and light yeah. it, it, it was something yeah. to behold. <laughs> it certainly was. I, I in high was, shoes, I, I think, in my high shoes. The firefighters we had uh, on on kind of we we had on retainer standing by in case we yeah. needed them. Yeah. I think even they were impressed by your high heel climb up <laughs> a uh, up a ladder to light something with a flaming baton. Yeah, sort of thinking, oh, it's okay if I fall. I'm going to fall into a uniform. That was okay, but I didn't. <laughs> so we just lit the fire. We lit the beacon, and um, yes, I've forgotten about the beacon as well. So. So, um, yeah, again, that was just the most amazing event that we could ever have imagined. It, again, we just make so many memories for all of our residents. They'll never forget that day. Those who who came, um, and, you know, it was literally from 12 o'clock lunchtime through till 10 o'clock in the evening. And uh, again, we had thousands of people that came throughout the day. And uh, some came for the afternoon, some came for the evening, some stayed for all of it. And I will just say you, what I really love about community events is when you do something like a cake baking competition and you just see the state of some of the cakes that come in and how proud people are of them. And you just think, you know what, this really is something special. And I'm going to remember just how battered 
these cakes look. But apparently, they're not battered. This is genuinely how they look. No, I don't think so. I don't think that uh, we, we can say something like that. You don't need to go for election next year, councillor. You're absolutely fine. You can say what you like. <laughs> you, so we can edit that little bit out. I've never seen a cake like it. No, it was it was it was certainly a one off. So um, and then we I had a little say... boy. We had little boys who'd, who'd done. We had a family who, who'd baked some bits and pieces. So um, and they'd done it in the, the colours of Norwich City football team. And uh, the person who'd sponsored the, the cake bake off um, was a Norwich City footballer. So instantly that was a winner. <laughs> Wasn't a footballer. He was a supporter. And uh, instantly that was a that was a winner. But it was um, no, it's the story that we're trying to get over here is that you're bringing a community together whenever you do the simplest of events that um, that makes everybody feel that they're they're in it together. And um, and that's what's important. So the last event that we do um, of the year we do four events, um, three if there isn't a special occasion, but four events, and um, it's the fireworks. Can I just say that it's the last one that you did when it was the first time round, but obviously the last one of the year technically is Christmas. So yes, it's just the one that we haven't mentioned yet. Yes, but the way that in my head that it works is we start it with Christmas and we end with November fireworks. And um, but in your head, it's uh, Christmas and then we start in St. George's Day. But it was um, so for the fireworks again, it was um, I think that we were still doing them in the big um, uh, field that we've got uh, park that we've got. And um, I think maybe the first year that we were you, you came was uh, maybe our second year of doing the, the fireworks. And it was, um, again, every time that we thought about, you know, we could do this, you think about the insurance, you think about the cost of the fireworks, you think of the cost of marshalling um, and the, the cost of the event that um, in, its, in itself and then making sure that everybody was safe. It was it was really it's, it's probably the most um, the most work that we put into any event because you you've got so many little bits and pieces that you've got to well to, also um, because you are dealing with massive rockets and yeah. it's a massive liability this is the thing and and again you know if the wind's going in the wrong direction you, you need to know that the company that you're using are a reputable company and and take all of these things into consideration and luckily we had somebody who lived in thorpe who who knew um a company who who put the lights uh, did fireworks for new year's eve in, in london so he and they they can they do community fireworks at a very reasonable price and uh, they yeah, offer their I, services can i just say we're not here to plug them and no, we're they not did go them. through a competitive yes they did. process yes and we've always done that we've we've always um but they offered their services to us. And uh, at the time, that there wasn't anybody else in, in Thorpe um, or there wasn't anybody who was at, in the area that were prepared to come into the area if they were outside of it to, to, to do the fireworks. So we hatched a plan that we could do it. We knew that they would be safe 
And it was just a case of um, how much do we charge? We kept it so, so cheap um, for the first year. Or we kept it so cheap right up until, is it last year did we increase the price? And, um, or maybe we've, maybe we've. No, this year is the first year. So for the last eight years, we'd kept it at £10 for a family of four. And, um, and we didn't need, and this is the other thing that anyone who's thinking about doing a community event, you don't need to make a profit as a town council. You don't have to make a profit. You literally just have to cover your costs. And if you can do an event that you cover your costs on, and you know that your residents have had the most amazing time, that's what's important. I can't and you believe, make memories. I can't believe you're a Conservative councillor making profit a dirty word. Whatever <laughs> has happened. <laughs> I'm not saying that we didn't make a profit. In the first, in the first maybe three, four, five years, I don't know that we well again, if we if we did make a profit, we invested it in the Christmas light switch on. So it wasn't so we were providing, we were doing two events and the fireworks was paying for both of them. And um, yeah, because we, we didn't have a sponsor after a few years for the Christmas light switch on because the sponsor wanted to turn it into their event instead of the town council event. So we lost that sponsorship. So by doing the fireworks, that then gave us the the funding to put some more, add more lights to our Christmas light switch on. And um, so it was, but now, again, with our fireworks, we, we, for the first time after lockdown, we decided we needed to know how many people were going to be. We'd never had any idea of how many people other than by the takings, how many people had attended our fireworks display. But because uh, can we can I just um can can I just stop you there and say we did keep stringent records of the number of attenders to make sure that we didn't go over the limit oh, for yes. the field yeah. and for insurance purposes and also to be in line with the temporary events notice that we had as well. Of course we did everything by the book. But before Look, we the, knew oh, yeah, but this last the, year the, we let me knew just stop before you there, they Catherine. came in. Can, can, can I just say I think what we I think what you're trying to say is that um, we always had a very good idea based on the takings and the number of people being counted in. However, we thought it would be far more stringent to have a digital system of ticketing in place to be able to show those records in real time. Is is that what you're saying, Councillor? That's exactly what I'm saying, Thomas. You see, I'm so you glad. Can read- <laughs> You can read my mind and put all those words into my mouth, as always. And so, yes, so we decided that we would um, we would ticket the event so that we could sell the tickets beforehand. And then we would be completely sure to almost the, um, the smallest child coming through the gates, how many children we were going to have in place. And um, and our expectations. And I, I think maybe it was because as well, everybody had been it was the first event since lockdown. It was outside and uh, we have got a pretty good reputation as well now for doing a very, very good fireworks display. So we um, we did a very, very successful fireworks display, which then gave us the funding to go towards the Christmas light switch on. And a little bit to go towards the the Jubilee as well, 
the Jubilee celebrations. So it was um, it was it was a good year last year. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and I will say that you and I always walk around together for fireworks. Part of the reason is because there is nothing I enjoy more than seeing you chase people. Who and are we're moving on fireworks. now. And we're just people. <laughs> I, I know how much you love chasing people in the firework cordon. I know how much you love to go after people who are vendors who arrive late. I also know how much you love going after the first aiders who turn up late and then park their vehicle in the wrong location. But you're and making so, me, I think you're making me out to be the witch that got lost after Halloween. <laughs> and can I just on that, just as a final point, say that this year, my favourite event that is taking place uh, with your council is the Halloween event entitled Pimp My Pumpkin. Oh. I think that that is one of the finest pieces of marketing that has been done. And of course, I had absolutely no hand in it. <laughs> no, the girls worked that one all out for themselves. Um, <laughs> no, it's again, all details can be found on our website. But it is, and again, you know, it's, it's such a simple thing to do. Once once these events are all, once we've got the template for them, it really is a case of, okay, ticking each box each year as you go along and um, and then rolling it out. And But it does make so much difference. The children, like for this Halloween event that we're doing this year, we did it in a smaller version last year, but we were still, we, we, we couldn't plan too much in advance because we didn't know whether we would be back in lockdown or not but it was uh but this time it's it's going that little bit bigger and better as we always try to do each year as we go and um and the girls have have done really really well on that i might just too. say councillor there are people everywhere who arrange council events who will be screaming once again uh, at what you're saying, saying, well, it's so simple. We just roll it all out again. It all just comes together. And everyone will be saying, it doesn't just come together. But of course, councillor, you make it all come together just so smoothly <laughs> that we don't even know it's happening. No, it does all just come together, Thomas. And don't turn it into don't turn it into a mountain. <laughs> and, and that's why they promoted you to mayor. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's all so simple. And you need to have a team that want to be involved as well, that want to be as enthusiastic about it as what the councillors do. Or you need councillors to be as enthusiastic as the officers. So it works. We work really well together as a team, councillors and officers. And um, the officers do the work and the councillors. Get the credit. (laughs) That's not fair. (laughs) That's not fair. Say sorry. But no, so again, that's another thing that we 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 did as a town council. We to promote the small businesses in in Thorpe St Andrew. We we set up Made in Thorpe. That's been going for quite a few years now, and um, I think that was probably your idea, Thomas, wasn't it? To to bring them Made in Thorpe uh, to fruition, and um, so we give them adverts over the anything that we do throughout the year and all the events that we do throughout the year. They have banners and and they get promoted. And um, so by doing these events, you're you're also helping the small businesses. When we do the fireworks, we have lots of street food. So that's giving um, the street food tenders a a good evening. Um, And then with the St. George's Day, we used to do lots of charity stores for St. George's Day. So you're helping 
small businesses, you're helping the charities and you're helping the food vendors. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty good win-win situation for everyone around. Your residents enjoy it and um, officers are absolutely shattered afterwards. But <laughs> but they pick themselves up and they, they go into it again the, the, next, the next year. And we're very, very grateful here in Thorpe St. Andrew for Thomas and his team to, to be part of that. And I do just finally, my last recollection of uh, one particular firework display was when the, the wind got up and we had to change the location onto one of the adjacent fields. And I remember we couldn't get the gate open to the adjacent field, although we had permission to use it. The gate wasn't working. And so we had to make a decision how we were going to get the transit van on there. And so I made the decision to take out a section of hedging where it was at its weakest point. And I remember sending the transit van through and looking at one of the groundsmen and saying, don't tell your manager that I authorised a bit of his hedging to come out. And he turned to me and said, that's not our hedging, that belongs to the owner of the field. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, the next morning, I think the next morning you went back and realised that it was uh, quite a big hole in the hedge. And I think that hole in the hedge is still there today, (laughs) just in case we ever need to do it again. But yeah, so was there anything else on your list that you wanted to add, Councillor? No, I think that I've talked for long enough this evening, Thomas, really. I think that uh, maybe it, um, maybe I've said a few things too much for the amount of times that I got interrupted. But um, no, I, I, I just think that um, as a local town parish council, I think as we're the closest here to the residents uh, in our areas, that it is our duty to um, to bring the the events to the community and encourage everybody to get out there and um, and mix with each other and enjoy some really lovely memories that um, these events make. And as always, councillor, you've had the last word. Thank you for listening to the Standing Orders podcast by Politis. Please like and subscribe to get your weekly edition. You can suggest topics by emailing podcast at politisconsulting.co.uk. See you next week. No, I haven't.